0: Great morning, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Thank God for Monday. I'm Brother Graydon Cellini, the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn and Seton Hall University Class of 1985. My great pleasure to be back with you once again today. The purpose of our show, Thank God for Monday, is to inspire you, our audience, to take personal responsibility for your professional satisfaction. We want to provide you hope, healing, and peace in these unprecedented, turbulent, uncertain times, motivate you to search deep inside yourself in the quest for fulfillment. Listeners, it's really up to you as i to utilize the information we provide today. Take full accountability for the decisions you make in a resulting outcome. Now one of the goals of our show, thank God for Monday, is to introduce role models, role models of people who take very bold steps in their work life. This is a very special time, as it is the month of June, National Men's Health Month. And as such, we are honored today to have with us a most special guest. His name is Dr. Alexander Alvarado. Dr. Alvarado is a licensed clinical psychologist and the founder and executive director of Thriving Center of Psychology, a mental health platform that exclusively matches people to qualified psychologists and therapists who use evidence-based treatments as defined by the American Psychological Association. Great morning and welcome to Thank God for Monday, Dr. Alvarado.
1: Good morning. Thanks so much for having me, Brother Greg.
0: The pleasure is all ours, certainly. Kindly tell us, the listeners and me, from what city and state you are speaking from today.
1: So currently, I'm actually in Hoboken, New Jersey, uh, which I frequent pretty often, uh, as well as New York City. So I bounce back and forth from time to time.
0: Oh, terrific. We're neighbors then, and you're very close to our beloved Seton Hall University as well. That is so wonderful, certainly. Sadly, doctor, we've only got 30 minutes. We could spend hours talking about you, uh, this incredible practice that you have, uh, your past. So if it's okay with you, we're going to jump right into the deep end of the pool. Sounds great. One of the things we're very curious about, why did you become a clinical psychologist? What brought you into this career?
1: Yeah, sure. So my mother was a therapist, so I think that definitely helped guide me into, into this career. I witnessed her help other people. We were from a small town, so you know, we would always run into clients of hers, and I saw the, the great work she did and how her families thanked her. Um, I also knew psychology was going to be in anything I wanted to do, You know, whether, whether it be talking to people, whether it be marketing, whether it be any type of position. I had a feeling psychology was the direction I'd be going in.
0: Wow, I'm very curious. So, let's say you went to high school, you go to college. Did you study psychology right off?
1: I did. I was one of the lucky ones. I kind of, you know, I, I went right into into psychology. Didn't take any breaks, and right into graduate school as well.
0: Oh, very ambitious. That's awesome. Now, anyone who reads the paper today has the radio on, the television on. Mental health seems to be a popular topic right now. And there's a lot of resources to get help. Help us out, please, Dr. Alvarado. Is this a good thing or not?
1: Yeah, great question. And I mean, I think it's a great thing. You know, I think there's, there was a time where there wasn't many resources for mental health. And it's amazing all the resources that we have right now. However, this also brings up other issues. And that, you know, one of which is, you know, there's so many resources which one do I trust?
0: Wow. How does one know how to do that?
1: That's a great question, you know, and it's overwhelming, you know, and even myself, you know, as a clinical psychologist, when I go in and I look for certain resources, um, I, me personally, I know the questions to ask certain psychologists or therapists, and I can't imagine not being in this industry and having to do that myself. So there are some things we can do to help really you know, enhance the probability of finding a good resource.
0: Oh, so, that, that, That's sure. so perfect, thank you. Now, it's very interesting because we here at Thank God for Monday, believe it or not, we've been on the air WSOU over 15 years now. So I've shared with the listeners from time to time back in the early 90s, that my life got so frazzled that I really made the decision to go for therapy. And I went for 15 months of therapy. It was the third greatest decision I ever made, and it really catapulted decisions one and two that were the greatest I ever made. So I understand exactly the value and the wonder and the beauty of therapy. But it was very interesting because I'm thinking even back then, a uh, couple of questions I was asking myself, you know, when is the best time to really start therapy? And maybe this is a second question. I don't know if it's dovetail, but, but really who should see a psychologist? So when's the timing and really who's best you know, equipped to do that? Best
1: time? Probably yesterday. Uh, second best <laughs> time? Probably today. My best, my favorite rule of thumb is that if you have been thinking about seeing a therapist, chances are you can benefit from one and it's time.
0: Wow. That, that's fascinating because I have to say I was reticent probably, I mean, I don't know if this sounds crazy or this is something that you run into, but I was reticent for about five years mm-hmm. and I was pushing it off and I was pushing it off, and I put, and finally I surrendered. I said, I really need some help, no, no question about it, you know, I was thinking that, uh, unfortunately, I was thinking that therapy was for sick people. Uh, what I found out was that it was really for healthy people you know, who wanna become healthier, uh, no question yeah. about it. And I think that dovetails nicely with our next question because, uh, and this really ties into men, it's Men's National Health Month, what's this stigma around men seeing a therapist? And how can we overcome that, especially during this men's health month?
1: Yeah, great question. And I think the stigma around men seeking mental health definitely is a deep-seated one. Uh, and it, it probably goes back to social norms and how men should treat certain situations, they should just tough it out. And I think the stigma has definitely decreased you know, in the most more recent years, but it's still definitely there and you know the facts are still there right seventy five percent of suicides are from men, right and uh, actually, suicide is the leading cause of death of, of among men uh, actually o- under the age of fifty. so you know these stats are staggering and show you know just how important it is to decrease the stigma you know and for for a lot of these men who you know still have this this stigma and belief that you know um they wouldn't benefit from mental health. You know, it, it can be really hard to, to battle that and, and to, to fight against that. I think, um, you know, a lot of what's been really helping lately is a lot of these men who have been coming out, who have been benefiting from, from mental health, right. Uh, athletes, you know, people who are very, very successful, right. Michael Phelps uh, is a big proponent. Um, you know, the Royal family, I, I recently saw something on Oprah that they're, you know, you know, a uh, big proponents of mental health. So I think the more people that are coming out and talking about it, which is the biggest piece right there, uh, has been really very helpful, you know, and honestly, it's almost to the point now with any of your favorite athletes are seeing a, you know, psychologist, they're seeing, you know, a, a therapist to help get them past baseline, you know? Um, so you're almost at a disadvantage in some senses if you don't see a therapist.
0: Yeah, this is very interesting because I like to think that I'm well informed. I try to listen to the radio and read, but you just blew me away with a statistic. If we could peel the onion a little bit more about the largest cause of death, did you say is suicide for males under 50?
1: Under 50, correct.
0: Well, that's amazing. I would have never thought that. The the other thing which I found interesting, you mentioned about athletes. I love to watch golf. I'm a real golf junkie. I can't play. I experience golf. My game is horrific. But if I perceive correctly, many golfers are traveling like with a team and a psychologist is someone who's part of that team.
1: Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, psychologists are part of a lot of football teams, you know, uh, tennis Golf, all the above. You know, I think uh, there's been a lot of people realizing again when we talk about the advantage of having this psychologist on staff that every team now makes sure that they have it because they don't want to be disadvantaged. You know, one of the one of the, actually the, the the more prominent teams that talks about mental health a lot, Golden the Golden State Warriors.
0: Ah. Oh. Steve Kerr, I think, is the coach out there. Steve Kerr, yes. Okay, and so he'd be promulgating. I'm assuming the Warriors would be promulgating the advantages of this. It's yeah. no. Uh, I, would you agree with me? Uh, it's not surprising because they have won so much. And one of the reasons the they winning. winning. Yeah. It's Still it's,
1: winning. About, I think I, I can't remember. I think they're sweeping the Celtics.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting because. Uh, mental health. uh, What I've always learned, even as a Franciscan, more recently, is the interior really exhibits itself into the exterior. So we're feeling good inside. That is going to enhance performance. Now, I'd be very curious, and maybe this is an unfair question, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. Is there a difference in attitude between a woman and a man as far as Counseling or therapy goes from your experience.
1: In terms of the therapists like, themselves,
0: like the stigma,
1: if you will,
0: is would a woman be more? And I hate to generalize, but you know, practical purposes would sometimes a woman be be more uh, ready to go or more willing to go than a man, if you will.
1: There's definitely uh, we definitely see more women coming to therapy than men. From our, you know, from what we see in our practice, about seventy-five percent are women, are female. So there is definitely, you know, the stigma, like I said, is definitely still there, and more women are more readily, you know, wanting to go to therapy for sure.
0: Okay. Now, does my memory serve me correctly? Being the age I'm getting to, there was an athlete, uh, Simone Biles, was that her name earlier this year? Who? Thank you. Yes. Who got to the point and very courageously stood up and said, you know, I, I can't compete anymore in this, or I can't do this anymore. And I have to say, I, was, I thought she was very courageous uh, to do that, certainly. And, and when someone does something like that, I would imagine that uh, the whole uh, attention to mental health increases, and that's great for all of us. Uh, no, no, no question of that. Now, it's interesting because I've had some people tell me that when we're seeking therapy, actually like anything else, sometimes there there's a few pitfalls or mistakes, if you will. What are some of those pitfalls? I'm sure there's a few of our listeners out there saying, gee, you know, this uh, interview is motivating me to seek counseling, to seek therapy. What are some of those pitfalls, please, uh, Dr. Alvarado?
1: Yeah, of course, you know. You know, we talked about, you know, as seeking therapy is extremely, extremely overwhelming and it's easy to try to find just the most convenient option. And that's the, that's honestly the the biggest mistake I see from a lot of people just kind of picking the most convenient option, right? The number one option on Google, right? Just because it's the best marketed therapist doesn't necessarily mean it's the best therapist or even the best therapist for you. Another really convenient option people blindly take are uh, referrals from friends or family. Um, again, same thing, right? This person might be a really great resource for your friend or family member. However, you know, your friend or family member might have been coming in for something specific. Maybe you need something specific, and it might not be the best person for you. Now, don't get me wrong. These are two really good starting points, but that shouldn't be where you begin and end.
0: Okay. I was very blessed and I'm curious whether this makes sense to you if this is still going on. This was again, the early nineties. So we're talking about uh, more than a couple of decades. I was actually starting to use when I could see my life was kind of unraveling. I started to use, we were very blessed in the pharma company that I was in, uh, employee assistance program had counseling that I started to go to. And then uh, Mary Ann, my wonderful counselor there, referred me to an external uh, therapist. And I felt good that that was going to be a, a good fit, a good choice. Is that still happening today? Do organizations have EAPs that, that people can still go to as kind of in the beginning and then proceed forward from there? Is it...
1: Yeah, I think the pandemic really propelled a lot of companies to invest in mental health. And we see a lot of these large companies helping out with their employees. So if you are one of those you know, people lucky enough to work for one of those employers, it's, it's a really fortunate thing.
0: Oh, take full advantage of it, no question about it. Now, my understanding also is that before someone is going to pay for sessions, there are some things that they should know about the psychologist. Maybe you can share with us, what are some of those things we should know, please, Dr. Alvarado?
1: Yeah, great question. And the first thing I would look for is are the therapist specialties, right? Does this therapist, ther, does this therapist treat what I'm coming in for, right? Has he treated something, has he or she treated something, um, in the past that I'm coming in for, um, something else I would look for has this, you know, or does this therapist use evidence-based treatment modalities, right? And what does that mean? Treatments backed by science. There's a lot of different modalities out there. And what we want to do is really increase the probability of success. Um, The last and you know, pretty important thing would be how comfortable are you speaking to this therapist? You know, most therapists should offer a 15 minute free consultation, which is a big piece, and also where you can ask all of these questions. And one thing you need to take note of is how comfortable you are talking to this person. Do you feel like this person is hearing you, you know, is listening? And do you feel like this person, importantly, can help you?
0: Well, this is fascinating. This is something I'm totally aware of and maybe did not occur when I was there because of the relationship I had with the EAP person uh, who referred me. Share with us a little bit more. Can we peel the onion, please, about this, this consult session? I, I've never heard of this and I, probably our listeners yeah. are not so familiar with
1: it. Yeah, of course. So before you invest in an actual therapy session, it's important to make sure that a therapist is the right fit for you. And uh, and. Honestly, the other side as well, right? For a therapist to know if you're an appropriate client for them. So this 15-minute consult is invaluable in a lot of ways. Um, and you know it's important to understand it's not a therapy session. Um, and you know, what you're looking for here is, you know, has this person helped similar people to me? Can this person help me? Um, and I would also ask those other questions that we mentioned before. Does he utilize evidence-based therapy? Um, you know, I, I would also have a question, maybe about what you're coming in for, right? Um, how do you usually treat, you know, social anxiety? You know, and the therapist should have a nice little elevator pitch, right? First, we start here, usually move on to the behaviors, and it takes around this amount of time, depending on who, you know, the client.
0: I find this so fascinating. So, if I perceive correctly. A 15-minute discussion in shoes, it's a conversation, questions going back and forth. There are times where maybe the uh, potential client uh, or person feels that uh, the therapist may be a good fit, but did I hear you correctly? The therapist may not think there's gonna be a good fit and may say, uh, I'm gonna recommend someone else or how, how does that work, please?
1: Sure, so it might be something out of the scope of the therapist you know, oh. or, or the therapist might better know uh, or, or might know a better resource for this potential client.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. That is absolutely fascinating. Listeners, for anyone who's tuned in, welcome to Thank God for Monday. We are the weekly talk show about the workplace here in WSOU, 89.5 FM locally and streamed around the world, www.wsou.net. I'm Brother Greg from the Seton Hall University class of 1985 and the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn. Much, much more important than me. We have a very, very special guest today. We are now into the month of June, which is National Men's Health Month. His name is Dr. Alexander Alvarado. Dr. Alvarado is a licensed clinical psychologist. He's the founder and executive director of Thriving Center of Psychology, a mental health platform that exclusively matches people to qualified psychologists and therapists who use evidence-based treatments as defined by the American Psychological Association. And we've been talking all about this process. Uh, When is a good time to start therapy? What's the stigma that men need to get beyond, especially during National Health uh, Men's Month? Uh, What are some of the mistakes to avoid when seeking therapy? And a question I'd like to now ask, we you have a little discussion, is about location, Dr. Alvarado, because I was living at that time in the beautiful state of New Jersey in East Rutherford, and the therapist was not far away in New Jersey as well. But does someone need to see a therapist who lives in the same state? Let's say you make connection, I make connection with someone in Connecticut. You know, can I go to therapy with that person?
1: You know, right now, uh... You know telehealth is so big and you know wow. there's a lot of you know in the usually how it works is a therapist needs to have a license in whatever state the client is in so even if it's via telehealth therapy happens only where the client is uh so the therapist as oh, long as wow. the therapist has a license wherever the client is the therapist can be in hawaii for that matter
0: oh that's fascinating okay so for example Uh, I'm a recovering CPA. So when I was living in New Jersey, I got my certification. I had to pass a test and get experience Uh, in New Jersey. I couldn't practice in New York or other places. But this is very interesting. So do I perceive the uh, psychologist has to do certain things? I don't know if there's testing involved or how does someone get a license in a state?
1: Yeah, great question. It's it's sometimes not easy. The states do not make it easy. I'm still waiting on one from, from Illinois right now. Oh. Um, yeah, but some states require different tests. Um, usually there's one universal test, and then every state has their own ethics and laws. For instance, uh, you know, in New York, you are a mandated reporter if someone says, hey, I'm going to leave this office right now and seriously harm someone. In Florida, you know, up to you if you choose you know you want to you know report that person if you think it's you know you need to then you know you can but you don't have to so these laws are different from state to state
0: wow so there's not a national governance of psychologists it's a state to state oh very very similar to the accounting and i'm sure a lot of other professions as well Let's peel the onion some more, Dr. Alvarado, please, because this great, great, uh, thriving center of psychology that you have. How do you match people to the best psychologists for their needs? Tell us all about this, please.
1: Yeah, thank you for asking. So, we, you know, my whole goal has really been trying to take that overwhelming piece out and really take out that barrier to going into therapy, that overwhelming barrier. And so we've you know, handpicked and vetted a group of really amazing therapists, about 90 to 100 right now, of all evidence-based skilled therapists um, who treat a very wide variety of disorders. Uh, and so from there, we have our, our, the potential clients come in and fill out a very short questionnaire, about five minutes, to find out who the best therapist would be For them.
0: Okay, great. So do I hear correctly, they come to a certain office or do they come to like your location and do this or?
1: So it's preferential. We have some people who do come into the office and we have uh, a lot of therapists who also do telehealth uh, therapy over
0: video. Ah, I would have never thought this is uh, fascinating to me because again, this was in the 90s. I don't think Zoom even existed at that time. So everything everything was face-to-face. Are there some advantages and disadvantages? I mean, would you make a certain recommendation? Let's say I'm living in East Rutherford, you're in Hoboken, so I can come and see you. Uh, What would maybe make the difference between doing a telehealth versus, or teleappointments, whatever you would call that, versus me coming in face-to-face?
1: Preference, honestly. Uh, You know, research says it's, just as effective, you know, both telehealth and in person, they're just as effective uh, for treatment. So it's really just preference. And, you know, a lot of locations are different, right? We have people in New York where there's not that much space to, uh, you know, have some quiet time by yourself, especially if you have roommates. Mm. Um, and then, and so they might prefer to go in to the office. We also have people in Los Angeles and, uh, I don't know if you've driven in Los Angeles, especially from the hours of five to seven, which is our hottest times in terms of therapy after work. It's not fun. So Los Angeles, you know, many people would love to telehealth.
0: I'll never forget my first experience. I was going to see my cousin. This was in the 90s, and 10:30 at night, I landed LAX. I rent a car and it was a traffic jam on 405. I, this is crazy.
1: It's part of the experience, yeah.
0: (laughs) I could see see where the telehealth would save a lot of time, a lot of stress, a lot of energy, uh, and a lot of money on gas, especially uh, these days, certainly. Now, do I understand correctly, doctor, that you have a therapy matchmaking quiz? Tell us about this, please.
1: Yeah, so our therapy matchmaking quiz, again, is short five minutes and asks certain questions uh, to find out who you'd best feel comfortable speaking with to help us place you with the most appropriate therapist. These questions uh, range from who you prefer speaking with in terms of male, female, or non-binary, uh, to person of color, to obviously what you're coming in for, um, to even questions of do you want, would you prefer a goal-oriented therapist, which is someone, let's say I'm coming in, I need to, you know, I'm trying to do a, a speech at my daughter's wedding, I need help getting over this um, versus something to be a a reflective therapist, right? I just need to talk and I want someone to listen and give me feedback. Right. So all of these questions help us, you know, choose the best therapist for the people coming in.
0: Oh, wow. The light bulb just went on. So if I have a project that I'm having trouble with, I, I could see a psychologist for a short period of time and get help and in, in getting over some mental barriers? Is that what I'm hearing here?
1: Well, of course, yeah. Most people who do come in, it, it's usually a short term process, uh, average around 12 sessions.
0: Okay. Is that like weekly, every other week, or d- does it depend on the uh, situation, the relationship with the therapist?
1: Great question. Gold standard is once a week.
0: Yeah, I remember when I went for the 15 months, it was every Saturday morning and that's when I felt my best and the therapist really felt well also like that time and it was a great click and uh, the results speak for themselves fantastic Uh, thank you can we talk a little bit more about this thriving center of psychology you know you're an entrepreneur here how did you start all this this is amazing yeah, sure. So
1: I actually started in New York City. Um, and after the pandemic hit, um, we kind of allowed us to look at other locations. Um, I think actually during the pandemic, everyone left New York City for a period of time. So we looked at where our or our clients went to and uh, and started, you know, doing the similar, you know, the similar process and really the similar mission in all these different areas.
0: This is amazing. So did you... You could sense there was this need out there and say, you know, I've got to respond to this need.
1: Oh, of course. I think, you know, it it was very relevant, especially, you know, during that time. Everyone felt it during COVID, especially when people were isolated, people were away from families, people were sheltered in, not seeing anybody. It It was a very difficult and still is, you know, in some senses, a difficult time.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask you: Do you have a sense that people's mental health uh, may be improving somewhat? I, again, I hate to ask these more general questions, or does the residual impact of the pandemic, and to a large extent, sometimes you know we're still going through it with the, the, the you know spreads and this and that, and increased cases and all. What do you? say? I'm just curious what you're seeing these days
1: in, in regards to you know, like COVID itself. I think people have been you know, been uh, more coming out of that, quote, funk, I guess you could say. But I think every so often and, and you know, since then, there has been something periodically that comes up, uh, you know, that brings people, you know, mental health, at least, to the forefront of, the, uh, you know, of our minds. And more recently, you know, the shooting in Texas.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No question about that. Time's getting very short, but I have a couple of important questions still to ask you, Dr. Alvarado. How important is a person's first therapy experience to their overall impression of therapy, that first deep dive into therapy?
1: Great, great question. Um, So the, the the first therapy session is extremely important. We've had, you know, I've heard from a lot of different people who've You know, I've talked about what I do and they mentioned they've been to therapy before and it wasn't for them. And so they've never been back before. Right. And so that is disheartening to hear, you know, and so when people have a poor experience initially, they tend to generalize that to all therapy. Right. And what that tells me is they just didn't have a good fit. Right. And so that initial fit really is what, how they perceive therapy overall now.
0: Do I perceive that you're doing some things to really help improve this experience? Certainly, through your great organization.
1: Definitely. That is that is our main mission, you know, is to really lower the probability of these poor experiences so people can really get a feel for for therapy and benefit and feel the benefits of therapy.
0: Ah, oh, that's terrific. Certainly. I think I'd say the most important question for last. How can our loyal listeners out there best follow you? You've given us a lot of nuggets today. I'm sure there's more that you have to offer. Uh, how can they best follow you, sir, They get in contact with
1: you? Sure. You know, feel free to find our website at thrivingcenterofpsych.com. That's thrivingcenterofpsych.com.
0: Okay. And that's all one string. Is that right?
1: It's a mouthful. Yes. It's all one string. Yep
0: terrific terrific very very good okay listeners no excuse this has really been a challenging couple of years please don't make the mistake i did waiting five years to put my toe in the water don't hesitate jump right in the deep end of the pool contact dr alvarado uh don't hesitate friends family as well let them know you heard this show share this podcast Because I learned the hard way, the mental health is so critical. If we don't have our mental health, it bogs everything else down. But when we do, uh, the what can be is infinite. So please, please take full advantage of the great resources we have here through Dr. Alvarado. And once you're done doing that, please remember to continue to follow us on our social media. Thank God for Monday, Twitter, Facebook, Tiki Talk, Instagram, LinkedIn. Questions, comments, uh, guest suggestions, all things of that nature, et cetera, et cetera. Dr. Alexander Alvarado, we thank you so much for being our very, very special guest today. Uh, yes, I've been enlightened, but more importantly, I've been inspired, and I know our listeners are as well, to really give a second thought about jumping in the deep end of the pool, uh, especially the guys out there. Guys, I'm going to empathize with you. I know that stigma feeling. Let's get over that. So we can all have a better rest of 2022 uh, and the rest of our lives, certainly. So continue joy, success, in this great work that you're doing after.
1: Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I had a great time.
0: Ah, pleasure was all ours. Listeners, guess what? Once again, we're out of time. Greg saying our hope and prayer is that when you wake up on Monday morning, just like Dr. Alvarado does, you'll say, thank God for Monday. So until next time, enjoy a wonderful weekend and rest of the week, and we'll see you next week for another episode of Thank God for Monday. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.